Hello and welcome. My name is Dave Harris and I'm here, as usual, with Jeremy Marchant. And we're going to be talking about um, a number of things that are tied directly or indirectly to networking today. And specifically, I want to ask Jeremy a little bit about something called emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence is a very interesting subject. And dare I say it, it's become a little bit of a buzzword over the last uh, weeks and months, because I think in, in, in our politics, for one thing, in our national politics, there's been a lot of talk about emotional intelligence, whether our leaders have enough emotional intelligence to negotiate through some very, very complex negotiations. I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so clearly this stuff is very important. And certainly from my point of view in the world of business, I've become more and more aware of this term, emotional intelligence, and its meaning and its importance as I've worked my way through the business world, and not least because I've, I met Jeremy quite early on in that process, and he is an expert in this and uh, was able to enlighten me about a lot of this stuff. But I think what, we'd, what I'd like to explore today with Jeremy's help is, first of all, what it is and why it matters, and and also perhaps look at it, you know, because it probably comes under other terms as well. You know, we think about things and we don't necessarily think of them as emotional intelligence, but often they are. So, Jeremy, welcome to the Hello. podcast. Um, first of all, then, let's let's define, as, as much as we can define anything, what is emotional intelligence? Uh, so, like a good interviewee, uh, um, I'm not going to answer that question straight away. Uh, I'd like to preface the answer by saying that this applies to everything. It's not just about networking. It's not just about business. It applies to all our relations with other people and their relations to you. And I think networking is a prime example of the use of emotional intelligence because networking is almost the only occupation that requires you to be good at nurturing, developing relationships with other people. That said, what is emotional intelligence? Well, emotions are one of two groups of mental processes which drive our behaviour. The other group of processes is thinking, rationality, cognitive intelligence, if you like. Um, emotional intelligence covers the range of emotions and feelings that we all feel and which always to a greater or lesser extent, determine how we behave. So you need to know about emotional intelligence because you need to be as good as possible in a networking event, which is often uh, an event which is brief and gives you little opportunity to really make progress working with people. So emotional intelligence is basically five things, which we're going to talk about in more detail, I'm sure. So the first of them is actually being able to identify understand and know what one's own emotions are um, many people perhaps experience other people who fly off into a rage uh, and they're not sure the person who's in a rage isn't really aware of why they're angry so it's about as I say it's about that identification of one's emotions and that's a really important thing because if you aren't aware of what's going on, you are not likely to be able to improve uh, how you get uh, to a better position. So the second thing, once you realise you can know and identify your emotions, is to manage them. 
So that means, for example, if, you, if it's you by any chance who's flying off the handle, you need to be clear how much of that rage is actually useful and how much of it is, frankly, indulgent. Um, now, it's true that if somebody cuts you up on the motorway, um, that immediate anger that you might have is an instinct. You can't really do much about it. But on the whole, that sort of anger and rage only really lasts for a few minutes. After that, it's a question of are you going to indulge yourself by perpetuating it or are you going to go through various mechanisms which allow you to uh, damp it down and ultimately, not too ultimate, I hope, uh, stop it altogether. So first is knowing your emotions and managing your emotions. And the, second, the third one is actually motivating yourself. Now, there's any number of books and training courses and podcasts for managers about how you motivate your staff. And unfortunately, the truth is you can't motivate anybody because each person is wholly responsible for their emotional reactions to any situation. Unless you've got some way of opening up the brain and fiddling around with the neurons and forcing somebody to think or feel in a certain way, you're actually not really motivating them. What you need to do for other people is to create, an, if you're the manager, is to create an environment, a context in which they are more likely to motivate themselves. And one of the most useful things, therefore, is if that person is able to motivate themselves, understand what drives them, perhaps more importantly, understand what things they use to get in their own way. Um, it's rather like the subtitle of my book, which goes, OK, I'm doing what you told me. How come it isn't working? In other words, it's not working because the person is unconsciously putting obstacles in their own way. And having insight into those obstacles and having insight into how to deal with them is a good way of motivating yourself. OK, so the, the, we cover the first three things. The fourth aspect of emotional intelligence is recognizing emotions in others and understanding what might be giving rise to those emotions and I'm reading a very interesting book at the moment it's on shame and that's something which may be not directly relevant to networking or is it but it, it, it offered a really interesting example where often people show their shame by being angry and if a therapist say uh, is not aware of the underlying emotion and only treats the anger then arguably the therapist makes it even worse so recognizing emotions in other people is really important um, often that's an intuitive process people don't need any, any help with that um, you can tell if somebody is is getting bored if you're talking to them at a networking event when they fall asleep uh, and so forth. But this is the sort of thing which can be really finessed. And finally, handling your relationships with other people. Now, since networking is about noticing the potential for relationships, creating them, nurturing them, developing them, all of business really is about the relationships between people, the supplier and the client, the supplier being the boss and the, and the boss's staff who are working to deliver the service or make the products. It's all about 
relationships. I used I used to go around saying to people that businesses were just people, and that used to hack people off a bit. But people have got used to that, and now I have to feel I have to apologise because actually businesses aren't just people. Businesses are just the relationships between people, and so emotional intelligence is absolutely vital. Uh, in understanding what those relationships are and much more importantly how they could be improved because nothing's perfect so why not try and improve your relationships with your business colleagues as much as you can thank you jeremy that was a a very comprehensive five-point introduction to emotional intelligence and um i'd like to spend the rest of this podcast looking at those five items and, and asking you some questions about them and making sure that i've understood it and hopefully um, that our listeners understand it as well so let's go back to to the beginning and the um, and point one which you said was the identification of our own emotions yep. so so you know for, because because I think it's easily it, it, obviously it's easy to focus on your uh, on those later points you know recognizing emotions in others and handling relationships and those sorts of things but but I think you're absolutely right about this aren't you if we if we haven't got a grip on our own emotions, and understanding them, what hope have we of dealing with other people's? And I think we've all we've all probably been in situations in our lives, not necessarily in business, but in any aspect of our life, where where we don't really understand our emotions, and we don't uh, we are controlled by them rather than controlling of them, and so on and so forth. So, where do you start? Would you say in trying to to be mature about that and try to be I was going to say adult about it but that's perhaps not a very good way of putting it but but in other words of starting to approach a state where we do identify our own emotions and can and therefore hopefully start to understand them well I wouldn't be quite as pessimistic as you appear to be because uh, I think everybody is capable of identifying their emotions already the question is do they identify them accurately Um, and do they go into perhaps some of the detail uh, distinguishing between various emotions which people can do once they become more familiar with the whole concept so the first thing I would say is if you want to identify your emotions more thoroughly uh, more accurately and more clearly is to set an intention that that is actually what you're going to do. The second thing would be to consciously say to yourself, right, I will actually monitor how I am feeling, what emotions I have, and you can do that if you're really interested in doing this, and actually keep a journal, keep a log, write down the emotion that you're feeling at any given moment what the situation is in which the emotion has been created, uh, why you think that have, you think you have that emotion, and then be curious as to how precise your definition of the emotion is. Uh, so, if you say, "Well, I'm feeling annoyed," that's fine as a first level, but are you really annoyed? Is there not an undertow of anger? Is there not an undertow of incomprehension? Uh, Because you don't actually know what the other person's saying quite, and so on. So you consciously analyse what you're doing. Now, this this whole thing of keeping a journal, keeping a log, may be something which uh, doesn't appeal to a lot of people, including me, but that's not to say that it isn't useful. And Really, if you want to be more aware of your emotions, um, try that. Although it's, it's, it's really important 
to not focus solely on negatives. Actually, in this case, it is useful when you are feeling any sort of negative emotion or feeling in any context, not just work, to see if you can work out what's going on. Because most people find that if they can reduce the level of their negative emotions, they feel better. And probably other people around them feel better. And if it's a work context, then they probably work together better. So it, it's useful to start with a, I feel like a practical approach of saying, well, how, how can I make myself more successful? Well, one thing is, is to reduce the negative emotions. How do you do that? Well, you need to learn more about them. So then you, you go into at least a bit of introspection, a little bit of self-analysis. Um, whether you write it down or not just so that you're familiar you're increasingly familiar with what these emotions are yeah and if i can i, I put a sort of personal slant on it because that's all i have but uh, if the i think i'm conscious sometimes that when i am you know when my mood is not as as good as it should be perhaps going into a networking situation or, or a personal situation that actually i'm projecting something else onto that scenario so i might be in a in a networking meeting not feeling great but it's not the networking meeting that's making me not feel great it's something that happened before that that I've somehow brought with me I've brought this baggage with me uh, and so I suppose there it's more important than ever to sort of realize that so you can say well hang on a minute this you know it's not it's not rational it's not logical to to bring this emotion to this situation because it's got nothing to do with it the people i'm now with are paying the price for something that happened perhaps while i was on my way here you know road rage or whatever it is 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 that a is that is that true of most people that they they tend to do that sort of thing i think it's true of everybody um simply because these emotions are signaling that there is unfinished business that you have to do somewhere mentally and I don't know if whether it's an evolutionary characteristic, but presumably it's useful for human beings to deal with their unfinished business in order precisely for the reason that you've stated, that it doesn't affect and, and undermine other things that they have to do. I think the solution to what you're saying is... I, you know, I'll tell you, I, I used to uh, work uh, for a large retailer and I had a really bad management job once and it was really stressful and one of the things I used to do is to say to myself as I was going to work I will not think about this until the lift doors open and I walk out of the doors into the office and at the end of the day I'd say to myself I will walk out of the office through the lift doors downstairs at which point I will stop thinking about this work and that was really quite helpful to have a physical act going through the lift doors which segregated my work experiences from my non-work experiences so far it's a far less dramatic uh, situation where you're talking it uh, importing stuff from outside into your networking event just say to yourself well right I'm opening the doors now and now until I leave the room I'm going to focus on this event and simply any time thoughts come up about anything else just say thank you for the thoughts and I'll deal with them after the event the mind really sometimes just needs the reassurance that the the issue is going to be dealt with and if you if you tell yourself yes I'll do it at three o'clock when this event is over or even next morning then you will find that 
they stop intru- those thoughts stop intruding. And I can I can imagine scenarios where that becomes even more important. For I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a performer, for example. I, 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 I as you know, I'm an amateur musician, and 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 so I often have to play concerts and things like that. And uh, I I would you know, and it's very important that you're very focused when you're doing that sort of thing. Now, obviously, it'd be more far more important if you're a professional musician or a professional performer of any sort. Or perhaps, what if you're an airline pilot, or uh, you know, or a surgeon, or something like that? You know, there are lots of, of scenarios one can imagine where it's got to be really important that you can compartmentalise, I suppose, that sort of thing, and not bring those negative emotions to work or to your hobby or to whatever it is, because they're gonna, they're like, you know, they might have a serious effect, and that effect might, you know probably will affect other people so so you know networking might seem a relatively sort of well it's not the end of the world if i go to a networking event in a bad mood you know i'll go to another one next week and i'll be fine but one can imagine scenarios where it really might matter and of course it might matter in that networking event because you might miss that person that you really should have met and should have got on well with and uh, could have been very important who knows I, th- I think the problem is that uh, the latest research shows that people make up their minds about a stranger within a second of meeting them. Um, and therefore, if you're in a bad mood and that comes across, you, you, you may well have, sc- have scuppered your chances forever with somebody who decides that you are simply a, somebody they're just not bothered about meeting. Um, so it's important for that respect. I want to put a plea in, though, for, for um, partners and spouses, because all of this stuff we're talking about in the world of work is even more important if we have a, a partner or a spouse and we start bringing in our work stuff into our relationship with a spouse. Now, it may be that the spouse is able to help you uh, for whatever reason, because they're empathic or they're trained in it or whatever, but that's, that's something which you have to wait to be offered. Uh, you can't just dump your stuff on your spouse and expect them to tolerate it long term i think we're you know we've started to to encroach on point two now which is about managing our emotions and and the decisions we make about whether to indulge our emotions i think you use the word indulge or or control them in some way uh or deal with them and um and and it seems to me from the discussion we've had over the last five ten minutes is that you know managing our emotions is important that we that we can't you know, I mean, maybe you can indulge them for a few minutes, but you can't. You know, that's not a long-term solution. You've got to, th- you've got to analyse it. You've got to, you've got to find a way of controlling. Yes, a good example would be um, the ro- situation of road rage, where momentarily you are gripped by an instinct about which you can't do anything. Shouldn't even try because the instincts are very useful. I mean, a, a silly example would be, let's suppose. You're sitting in your office and the door bursts open and a a very hungry lion races in with its uh, mouth open, aiming for your jugular. What you experience at that moment is fear and fear is an instinct and you will not be able to stop yourself doing various bodily things, including running away. If you're sitting in your office believing that a hungry lion might burst in, and particularly if you're in somewhere like Dorking or, or Seven Oaks, where it's fairly unlikely that that's going to happen, then you're not fearful. That's not fear. That's anxiety, which is an emotion. And it's because it's emotion, it's something you can do about. 
and the, the emotion of anxiety is normally accompanied by the cognitive behaviour, the thinking behaviour, which we call worry. And so being able to unpick situations is really important. Now, you might have to read a book about this to get a handle on all the words, uh, but it, it is important to understand what things you can control in yourself and what things you can't. The good news is that you can control almost everything. Uh, that, that's very interesting, that, that, that difference between anxiety and fear. And, 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 of course, we all, I'm sure we've all experienced anxiety. Well, let me interrupt, because, because one of the things that's so key when it comes to networking, and it's why I started the book with my story about Maggie, is that Maggie thought she was afraid of networking. She was fearful, she said. But, you know, if I could reframe that more accurately and say, well, actually, you're having this anxiety and because you're intelligent, you can worry yourself about it as much as you want. Uh, once she knew it was anxiety, she knew it was an emotion which she could choose to do something about um, or she could just choose to uh, entertain it ad nauseam. She chose to do something about it and I set up a networking event. Well, I didn't set it up. I found a networking event which was so relaxed so unthreatening that it was almost comatose and she went and she was very nervous apparently I didn't I wasn't there but the point is that because she had a new experience a different experience because she allowed herself to be pushed out of her comfort zone by me she had the new experience and because she had the new experience she had new beliefs the beliefs were around well this isn't as hard as I thought it was I can do this um, actually I quite enjoyed it in parts and she could have much more constructive emotions which was well you know I, I was happy with doing this I was fine doing it and to the point where she quickly found another networking event to go to and then another one and then another one so the answer to the question is how how do you manage your emotions can be you create a situation for yourself which challenges those emotions um, and probably helps you realize that the emotions that you had weren't suited weren't helping you Um, they might have been appropriate for the beliefs that you had at the time so it's important that your new experience both changes your beliefs and your feelings your emotions because then that will create a better way of working whether it's networking itself whether it's in the office whatever you do or indeed in any other sphere and do you think that is that connected with with point three if i can move on to point three now motivating yourself you know and and in the example you know you you need that lady you mentioned needed thought she was afraid of networking thought networking was a terrible thing for her to do that she couldn't do it but you sort of helped her to motivate herself to do that by you know going to a a laid-back version of networking and hopefully altering her beliefs um so is that about is that is that connected with motivation yeah i think it is it's it's a good example where i couldn't make her be less apprehensive or i couldn't reduce her anxiety levels um other than by creating a context in which she was able to do it. And there were some other players involved. There was the person running the event who I had briefed beforehand to look after her. And there was my business partner of the time who was also there, who was also briefed to look after her. So there were sort of hidden forces supporting her, which she wasn't aware of. Um, And I certainly didn't tell her about them beforehand. So that's useful so it's about marshalling all the resources that are to hand to help you get experiences so 
anything which we are fearful or think we're fearful fearful of anything which we're anxious about is something which we can test and one of the models that I really like using a lot is about the comfort zone because a lot of people are fearful of leaving their comfort zone because they fear that if I can use that word they could fear that it's going to be very stressful outside the comfort zone and I just like to make the model slightly more complicated and say, actually, what's outside your comfort zone is what I call a, a stretch zone. It's a zone where if you're in that zone, you are stretched for sure. There may be some anxiety around it, some nervousness, but it's actually the area in which we perform best. And it's only if you push yourself outside the stretch zone do you get into real stress. And so what I recommend to everybody in all walks of life, in any situation, is just to be pushing yourself outside your comfort zone into the stretch zone. Because funnily enough, if you keep doing that, you'll find what used to be in your stretch zone becomes in, gets into your comfort zone. And so your comfort zone gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the stretch zone just expands outside it. So you are effectively reducing the amount of situations where you might actually get stressful. And you can see the opposite, by the way, with old people who tend to compress their stretch zone and because they never challenge themselves uh that's a that's a sweeping generalization, but you know what I mean. Uh, their stretch their comfort zone tends to shrink. And uh, you know, even my mother, who in many whose only difficulty was that she was physically not so mobile, you could watch, you could almost see her comfort zones diminishing until it, it really, the comfort zone was represented by her house, and she wouldn't leave it. I'm conscious that we're using up a lot of time here, and we've got quite a lot to get through. So I wonder whether you'd mind if we quickly moved on to your point four, which was recognizing emotions in other people. Because clearly, um, in the networking context, as well as lots of other contexts of life, uh, you know, we are dealing with other people in almost everything we do, unless unless we're living in a cave or something. So most of us do have to try, to a greater or lesser extent, to recognise emotions in other people, whether we do it consciously or subconsciously, you know, and then as a result of that, presumably that also leads on to point five, which is handling relationships. So those two are sort of... I mean, am I right to connect those two? Oh, I, I, yes. I mean, all five of those things are really connected. I think the, the point about recognising emotions in others is that we can all do it. All human beings are actually pretty good at doing it. And I suspect if human beings weren't good at doing it, the human race wouldn't have survived because the expression of emotions is really important communication, which is often not accompanied by a, a written text about how you're feeling. So... Uh, really it's 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 more important to be aware of nonverbal signals when you're with another person than it is to necessarily listen to what they're saying and interpret it literally the problem may be sometimes that we a, we basically choose to interpret other people's emotions to suit ourselves um when in fact the other person the other person's expression of emotion may be, might be quite innocuous um, you know, as in taking offence um, which is a, a situation where you take the offence from the relationship uh, as far as networking is concerned that's really important actually if you're talking to somebody they are probably going to be looking at you in an interested way to start with 
and it's about being aware when they stop doing that and it might be as subtle as they move their eyes slightly they suddenly become more interested in what's behind you or what's to your right if you have their total attention you know because they're still they don't move muscles particularly they are they are really focused on what you're saying and so the trick is to be able to see when people start to lose interest because when they're expressing boredom they may not think that they're expressing boredom it's entirely unconscious but that doesn't mean to say the boredom isn't there and it isn't being expressed so i would i would really focus on on what the other person is is how the other person is responding in a networking situation in a one-to-one there is more opportunity to row back and to re-explain things if it looks like the person isn't understanding. But on the whole, recognising emotions in other people is almost more important than recognising your own emotions because if, you're, if you don't recognise your own emotions and you say something inappropriate, then you'll get an, an emotional response from the other person uh, which will allow you to work out <laughs> what of your emotions you weren't aware of or had misdiagnosed. And handling relationships, well... Obviously, that's an extremely complex area. Uh, I believe that the purpose of networking is to develop relationships with a small number of people, um, which will help you develop your business. And it's been shown that that's the case. Those people may not actually be the people that you meet at the event. They may be people who are known to the people you meet at the event. So therefore, it's just as important to talk to those people who you do meet who will never become business partners because they may know somebody who's a business partner and how you work with that person that you meet at the networking event the quality of the relationship you create with that person will tell that person what the quality of the relationship is likely to be um, with their with their colleague who they're considering referring to you Um, so you have to do just as good a performance even if the person you're talking to is never going to be somebody you work with as you would do with with your best possible business associate that was a great summary and i I think i have a good handle now on on why that why that matters how all five of those things are, are clearly as you say interconnected and how the the last one that we've just discussed handling relationships relies a lot on the recognizing emotions in other people but it but I suppose it's also about, I was going to say developing a friendship. It's not necessarily the guy you, or the person you go down the pub with, best friends forever and all that sort of thing. But it seems to me that the processes are the same. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to engender trust. You're trying to in, engender a feeling that they believe what you say and you believe what they say and, and therefore they will refer you to other people, recommend you and that sort of thing. Yes, it's, it's about connections, um which is a nice vague word which you can interpret how you like and a lot of this is about authenticity if you're just yourself that is going to be more powerful if nevertheless you're a rather reserved person so being reserved is your natural way and therefore you could say you well i'm being authentic by being reserved at this networking event maybe that's not very useful so you should decide to develop your capacity to be open and and forthcoming uh the the thing is it's ultimately it's about how you are and how you deal with the responses that you get and 
uh, I just wanted to, before we finish, just point out that the person who... He didn't invent this, but he was very responsible for popularising it, Daniel Goleman. He, unfortunately, he said that um, the art of relationships is in large part skill in managing emotions in others. And I just wanted to emphasise when I was talking about um, motivating people, you can't manage other people's emotions. Uh, You can only do your best to create the context in which their emotions are as positive and helpful as possible. But their emotions are their responsibility, just as your emotions are your responsibility. So the, the flip side of that is people who say, well, he made me do it. Or she may no, no, doesn't work like that because you can't make people do things. So you have to take responsibility for your own personality and how you present it. Jeremy, thank you very much for uh, the last half an hour. That's been very insightful, very interesting. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed that uh, discussion on emotional intelligence. Join us in our next podcast when we will be discussing all sorts of other interesting things that relate to the world of networking. So thanks, Jeremy Marchant. Thank you.